Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey, welcome to God Mode. Happy New Year's. It's 2023. I'm so excited for what God is going to do in this new year because I don't know about you, but the past couple years since 2020 and even in this last year, um, it's been easy. And I don't know if this is true with you, but if I don't know about anybody else, but have you been offended in the last year or so? I mean, maybe it's just me, but I think I've had a year where I've been more offended. And so I think that this new message that we're going to be starting off with in the new year is as much as for me as it is anybody. And I really think that God is going to use this series to transform our lives, because what you're going to see as we look at scripture on this topic is this, in that in all the ways that Satan can destroy you, And he is out to destroy your life. The trap of offense may be his most hidden and sneaky weapon. Why is this true? One, it's impossible not to be offended. And you're going to see that even from Jesus, he says this. But even if you escape one offense, the creative ways that you can get baited into being offended again, and the creative ways are endless. I mean, just think about all the ways that over the past year or so that you have been offended, even in just probably the past week or the past day that there's been some times that you've been offended. I mean, you look at posts on social media, you see all the political commentary on TV. I mean, you've seen some stuff, you know, maybe it was a comment from your spouse or a coworker, or you were driving along the road and somebody did something. I don't know about you, but that always seems to get me sometimes offended. Or you walk into the grocery store and you meet a Karen. I mean, has anybody done that recently? And if you like, what's a Karen? Google it, right? I mean, it's like you just get so offended. And, and, you know, I'm writing this and I'm thinking about this message of different things. And I'm I'm really wondering. It's even like I was going to go pick up a meal for me and my wife at uh, Chick-fil-A. And I don't know if you know, as you go into Chick-fil-A, there's the two entryways that come in. They take your order and then you go into just one lane to pick it up. And there's this cosmic rule, the universal rule that says your first one goes, then the next one goes and one after another. And so I'm I'm in the left lane going to pick up our mill and the person's in the right. We're both up front and um, then it's, you know, their turn to go and I'm going to let them go before it's my turn. But the guy behind that person rides the bumper and doesn't let me in. And you know what I'm thinking? What a jerk. I mean, at first, I'm so offended. I mean, I'm like, you just broke the law God put in place. Everybody takes turns, right? You just want to get out of your car and lay some holy hands on that man. And you're like, you're showing him, you know, and it could just get out of control. And, and, you know, obviously, I'm kidding. I'm like, it's impossible. But you know this from life. It's impossible to live sometimes and not fall prey to the trap of, offense. 
Yes. Now, why would I call it a trap? Because throughout scripture, that's the word Jesus uses. But let's look at this. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples about how to live a life he wants for them and how to produce fruit in their life. And in Luke chapter 17, watch what Jesus tells his disciples. Then he says to his disciples, it's impossible that no offense should come. It's impossible that you're going to live your life and not be offended. In some translations, it says bound to come. It's going to happen. But the word uses here uses for here for offense, it's so descriptive. And it's the word that's used throughout the New Testament, not only by Jesus, but by some of the other writers of the New Testament. And watch what this word offense means. Offense in the Greek word is scallion. And here's what it means. It's the bait that triggers a trap to close when the animal touches it. Yeah, it's a bait. It's a trap that's set. Bait is put in it. And so when the animal comes along and touches the bait, the trap closes. And why do you step a trap? I mean, really, there's only two reasons. Primarily, one is to kill something. Or secondly, it's to cage. And so what it means is when you take an abate of an offense, it's Satan's way to try to kill you and destroy you or to cage you to hold you back from all the goodness that God wants in your life. I mean, is that not an amazing word picture that Jesus wants us to have? And as I started thinking about the idea of a trap and think about how creative we are as humans to creating traps, I mean, there's traps for everything. And we know that Genesis chapter three that says Satan is more creative and crafty than any of us. So I started to think about that and I thought, well, let's hack out. How many traps have we been creative with? I mean, if you look at it, there's the class, you know, the classic mouse trap, right? You take the cheese and you put it in there a little, right? And then you glue it there and then their trap comes when they get it. Or, or you put traps on like we have ant traps, we have fly traps, you know, those little buzzer zappers. I mean, you get the zapper 4000, it lights up when they go in. I mean, how many times and how many ways we are creative ourselves with our fishing lures? I mean, there's thousands of different ways we try to bait when we try to catch fish. We even have these nets and different things. And they put out all sorts of ways to just to catch what we're trying to get. I don't know if many of you even remember that from your childhood, the finger trap, right? I mean, some of you may have some nightmares from this one because someone said, just put your finger in this side and put your other finger in that side. And you were like a kid, mommy, I can't get out. I don't know how to get it. So there's all so many different ways that we even come up to be creative to trap things. But the image I want you to have in your head throughout this talk as we talk about this when it comes to a trap is I want you to think like more like a bear trap. I mean, it's this big old thing, right? If you've ever seen a bear trap, it's this big thing that you open up, you place the bait, and when that bear comes and touches it, that trap is designed to set. I mean, it's got these big teeth. It's really trying to take it and it's going to go. And if the bear takes it, he's going to be trapped. I don't care how big the bear is. I don't care how strong the bear is. Those jaws, those teeth will clamp down and he's done. And what I want you to understand is that it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, 
how big you think you are and how important you think you are, when you take the bait of being offended, it's Satan's way of absolutely destroying your life. Why is an offense so destructive? Why would it be a trap that Satan uses to destroy you or cage you? I mean, if you're taking notes, you should write this down. Anytime you hold on to an offense, you grab the bait. You put bitterness in your heart automatically. And I want to say it's so, so strong, it'll sink into somebody's heart and it'll grab a hold of it. And so today, holding on to an offense allows bitterness to sink its fangs into your heart. Bitterness, just, just think about that. How many of you know someone who's bitter? Now, all right, don't raise your hand, especially if you're sitting next to them. I mean, we all know someone. I think you know, and, and what I want to tell you is this, if you know someone that is bitter, if you could dig, if it was possible to dig a little bit into their life, what you would find almost always is that they're holding on to an offense. Somewhere in their past, they took the bait and now it has trapped them. And here's the problem. There's no win in being bitter. There's no win in living offended. You'll never meet anyone that says, you know what? I'm better because I'm bitter. I'm so happy because I let bitterness into my heart. And yet it happens to us. I mean, I've had seasons of my life where I've taken the bait and lived in bitterness. I remember it so many times. I'd taken the bait, but I had to learn to release that bitterness, get it out my hand out of the trap. And the great news I want you to know today is there is a way for us to not take the bait. And it's so important to learn because, listen, no bitter person has ever changed the world. And what you need to know, what you do need to know is this is God's plan for your future are too big for you to hold on to an offense from your past. Let me say that again. God's plans for your future in your life, your calling, it's so big. God wants to do so much through you. It's too big for you to hold on to an offense from the past and not be able to allow God to do what he wants to do through your life. And there's a way not to take the bait, even when you get trapped. There's a way to be released, and it's going to be a journey, and we're going to walk through this over a few sessions and a few talks, but what I want to talk about today is by starting to talk about how do we overcome small offenses? How do we overcome small offenses? Think about all the small ways you've been offended just even recently. I mean, a coworker said something again. You read something on social media. You were driving on the road. I mean, can we get really real today? I don't know, man, has this ever happened to you? You know, it's late at night and you and your wife are lying next to you and you look over at her and you give her that look and you you even say something smooth like, you're like, girl, you look so good. And you know whether you, you know whether you want this thing to go, right? You know what you want to happen. And what happens sometimes? She sometimes, maybe she just lays over or she says something like, honey, I'm just so tired. I mean, you have ever been married? We've all been there. Come on. We're being real. You've all been there. Or ladies, has he ever promised to do something and it just never gets done? 
and you asked him over and over and over and over again, and you just get offended. Come on. Are there any singles listening there today? Maybe you've been dating somebody and they they just ghost you, right? You, you've never texted you back. You've had someone ask you, why don't you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? And you're thinking, shut your face. I mean, you know, I mean, if you've ever been offended, if sometimes even by your own children, you ever felt like your your child is not getting a fair shake from your teacher or coach, the ways that we can offend get offended are endless. And yet what we're going to see is that avoiding an offense is impossible, but living offended is a choice and you can choose not to live offended. I want to hone in on one verse today. That's just going to help give one piece of advice, how you can make a choice to not live offended. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 19, this is the wisdom book. It drops wisdom into our laps all the time. In this book, in chapter 19, verse 11, we're getting this amazing piece of advice. Listen to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. A person wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to do with and what with an offense. Look what it says. To overlook an offense. A person's wisdom yields patience, and it's to the one's glory to overlook an offense. I want to break this verse down for you. I think the first thing we learn is not everyone overlooks an offense. Only the wisest people do it. It's, it's, it's a person's wisdom. The wise people overlook offenses in, 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 in your life. My guess is the wisest people you know are the people that don't get offended real easy. And the second thing we learn from this verse is when you overlook an offense, it says it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. And this word is so descriptive. It means to become magnificent. You want to be magnificent in this world? Magnificent people overlook offenses. And you know, it's if you've studied this and the heroes of our days and the heroes we look to up, up to, almost all of them have the same thing in common. They've had to overlook offenses. They did it really and really well. I mean, one example I'm thinking about right away is Jackie Robinson. If you don't know who Jackie Robinson, number 42, he was a famous player in the baseball, one of the greatest heroes of all time. And Jackie Robinson, as a follower, what did he do? I mean, every time he stepped on a baseball field and every single day he took the most vile racial slurs, the most things you could ever say, the most bad things you could ever say to another human being. Like, you know, they were coming from the stands, from people, from other players. Players would slide into him to try to break his ankles. They'd cut him with their with their cleats. And what did Jackie Robinson do? Every single day, he stepped up and he rose above the offense. He kept overlooking the offense. And that's why he's so heroic today. That's why he's magnificent. You cannot be magnificent. Unless you learn to overlook an offense. What does it mean to overlook an offense? What that word mean to overlook means to pass over or to step over it. It's a Hebrew word, a bar. It literally, what it means is, let me give you, let me try to give you this visual in your life. 
You're walking along the path of your life and you're going to come upon a huge trap that Satan sets for you. And when you get offended by and you have a choice, you can stick your hand in and take the bait and you get trapped. Or you can a bar, you can step over the offense. That's literally what it means to step over or to pass around. When on social media, when someone rips you to shreds, you can take the bait and respond and say, you're the most stupidest person I know. You can uh, obliterate them back or you can simply step over it or respond in love. I mean, no matter if it's a, in your marriage or a coworker, you can step over an offense. And here's what some of you are thinking. And I know why, because I can read your mind. You're thinking, man, Chris, this seems so weak. I just I just don't want to do it. I don't want to step over it. I don't believe that. I don't like to. I want to give it back to him. I don't want to give him any peace of mind. That's so weak. Well, since we're talking about weak, let me reframe it for you. When you understand an offense is a deadly trap designed to destroy your life, who's the weak one? The one that passes over this massive trap or the one that reaches his hand and gets trapped and destroyed? Who's the weak one? The weak one is the one who reaches in. The strong one is the one who steps over an offense. I mean, that's so convicting to me because I know how many times in my own life I've reached in and I've taken the bait. I know it. And what I want to say to someone listening today is that you don't have to take the bait. And I think about in my own life and and, and even leading, being a leader, sometimes you get the most vile and nasty emails and different things on social media. And I've throughout my life, people have said some really interesting things and not under no one understands and sits in sometimes in that seat because sometimes it's very vile and it's nasty. And and sometimes it takes a lot of strength not to reach in and take the bait. And I've just learned that there's so much strength and magnificence, even as a leader, in not taking the bait and just stepping over it. And I want to speak to a leader here, maybe this. I want to tell you this. You don't always have to defend yourself. You know, I love leadership and love listening and teaching on leadership. And I often tell other leaders this principle, and I believe this is 100% true. It's this. Your friends don't need an answer. And your enemies won't believe you, no matter what you say. I mean, look at that. Your friends who know you, who trust you, you don't have to give an answer to them. And yes, your enemies won't believe you no matter what you say. Now, I'm not saying don't ever respond. I'm just saying if you respond, do so in a worthy, honorable manner and lead with love. That's what makes you magnificent. And it's so, it's kind. It's easier said than done, though. It's not always easy. It's why we need another piece of advice from Scripture. And that is to step over an offense. You have to choose to close the gap with love. You have to assume the best. An offense opens up a gap in your life. There's a gap that exists. I mean, the trap is set. You have to figure out how to cover that trap and step over it. And the way scripture tells us to do it is often to cover the trap with love. Watch what Proverbs says. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. When you get offended, you have one of two options of how you respond to that person. You can accuse, 
You can assume the worst about someone when you feel offended by them, or you can lead with love, which is to assume the best about someone and their intentions. Let me ask, what do you normally lead with when you feel offended? You know, I've, I've got a lot of much work to do with this. My wife's incredible about that. I think sometimes she's so much better at this than me. She'll lead with the best assumptions. And I'm really working on leading with better assumptions, leading with love. You know, when that person cuts, cuts you off on the freeway, you can either accuse them, which by the way, in Revelations, it says Satan. That's one of his names. He is the accuser. He wants you to accuse others where God is. So when you get cut off on the freeway, you have you have one or two options. You can say that person is a neo-Nazi communist, you know, and I hope he'll go somewhere and gets food poisoning. You know, I don't know. Or you can lead with love and you can say, you know what? Maybe he is on his way to something really important. Like his wife is delivering in the hospital. Maybe he has a sick child in the car. Have you ever cut somebody off when you've been in a hurry for something important? So I'm learning this. I'm hoping with this. I'm going to try to lead with love. Or when your coworker is so rude to you, you can say there, you know, you're, you're out of line or you can lead with love. Maybe there's something going on in their life at home, their marriage, their kids, and I don't even know about it. And if they're just having a really rough day, I'm going to lead. I'm going to cover that with love. It allows me to step over it easier. Let's get real again. Men, when she says, I'm tired tonight, you can assume she's so lazy and she doesn't love me at all, right? Or you could assume, you know what? She's had the roughest day. She's exhausted. Now, ladies, this just for free, okay? This is free for you. I'm going to mold this in. This is even part of the, this I was just came to me. But when, he, when you say, hey, I'm just tired, you know what? A long ways to help you win is if you said, but tomorrow night or this night or whenever, it would be awesome. I think that's a great way. My wife is amazing at that. I mean, that would be help when you win in a big way, all right? That's just free of charge, just right there, free of charge. But do you lead with love or do you lead with assuming the worst? Can I tell you one of the number one traits of every healthy marriage, every healthy relationship is two people who are posturing themselves to always assume the best. That's what makes dynamic, godly marriage. And it's kind of hard to do sometimes, isn't it? which is why we need to be reminded what an offense really looks like, what it really is. It's a trap to bait us. Now, if you're in abusive relationships, I'm not talking about that. You run. I'm talking about the small offenses that come into our lives. I don't know if, if God is speaking to someone that's listening today. He's speaking to you right now, but I want you to know this. Your life is too short. Your calling is so big and God's plans for you are huge. Too big to hold on to small offenses. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, it's God is literally saying to him, and this literally happened to me this, this week, really, uh, over the holidays. A friend of mine who I've known for years, we've gone through so much together and different things, and I'm reaching out to him. He's not responding back. He's not answering my calls or my texts. And, and I know some of the things that he's done in life that I've looked back and helped him get through some addictions and been there for him when he's failed and this whole thing. And all, I, I have to be, I'm really starting to get offended that he's not responding to me. 
And I'm, I'm, my heart is starting to be hurt. I'm thinking, beginning to think of, and I tell you, one of the things you can always know when you're an offense is starting to take place is when you make statements like, man, look at all the things I've done for him, or look at all the things I did for her. When we start making those statements, I believe an offense begins to start to take place. And that was what was happening. And, and then God just kind of smoked me and was like, you know what? And he, he, Two things. He says, Chris, you don't know how much this man is hurting. You don't know how he's overwhelmed by shame or how he's paralyzed and every single day not knowing what to do. And he's utterly afraid to even talk to you about what he's going through and, and what's happening in his life. And, and so when you begin to realize that's something that maybe I was starting to take an offense, but I wasn't thinking about what he was going through. It doesn't excuse him for not getting back to me. But when you can see it this way, it allows you to cover the offense with love. So I'm able to step over it. Why? Because my calling is too big to hold an offense from the past. And so is yours. Proverbs 19 says what it tells us, the person wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. There's this one phrase I didn't cover with you, and it's the phrase right there. It's a person's wisdom yields patience. You know what this is? In this phrase, this idiom, it's the Hebrew means it's, it means to be long nosed, means to be long in the face. And what does that mean? We're told university when you universally, when we get mad or bitter or upset, offended, there's a telltale sign in your face where the blood rushes to it, and your nostrils flare and you get this long face. And it's really saying we don't want to do that. And, and you see that. And for many of you, that's your story. You come from a household where there was so much bitterness and so much offense and nobody stepped over it. Everybody took it. Everybody took the bait. And you saw this look, this impatience and how things changed in your family. But when you begin to step over the offense and not let bitterness in, the things of bitterness that seep into your heart. Because when you begin to step over that, why is it so important? Because your marriage, your family, your career, your life, God has such big plans for you. It's too big to hold on to offense from the past. You can't take the bait. You have to step over it. Now we're going to go on this journey in these next few weeks, and we're going to go deeper in the weeks to come. But really to learn how to do this. but And I think it's so important because I think it's one of the biggest tools the enemy uses in, in people's lives and especially leaders is when we, they take offense and, and they allow the devil to grab a hold. But I want to challenge you. And here's the challenge. One is I want you to name something right now that you know you're offended by and be specific and be honest. You're only as good as you are honest. What are you offended by? Who's offended you? What's their name? Who? What picture pops into your mind? What event? And I'm going to challenge you to do something that sounds simple, but it's very hard. But by the power of Jesus living inside of you, you can do it. I'm going to ask you to decide to step over it, to step over the offense, to not take the bait, to get over it. And if you would do that, you would begin to see God work a miracle in your life as he releases the bitterness and allows you to go into the future he has for you. That's what I want for you. It's what God wants for you. It's what you want for you. Father, we, we, we just want you to take this and change us and get, take the advice from the scripture that 
and how you can prepare us. You know, in Luke chapter 17, you said it's impossible not to be offended. It's coming your way. And you've, and you've gave us the wisdom, God, of what you want us to do with that offense in Proverbs 19. And you were specific. If we want to be magnificent, we need to learn to step over an offense. And Father, I pray for the man or woman listening today, whether it's a marriage, something that happened in their marriage in the past or even this week, or it's something that happened with a family member or maybe a, a friend betrayed them or a co-worker or something that has happened, I don't know, or somebody in church, a leader. But for someone here today, Father, would you help us overlook to step over those offenses because God, your plans are too big for us to be holding on to them of an offense from the past. Work in our lives, Father. Do what you do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you were somewhere in your heart. This has helped you, empowered you. It's given you the ability to maybe to begin to start this journey, to allow some offenses that have been in your life, that you can begin to let go of them, step over them, and see the miracle of what God wants to do. Because God's got a plan for all of us. He's got a big plan, and he wants to see it work through our lives. God bless you again. Happy New Year. This is going to be a great year. Year. But I think we need to start it off with releasing and stepping over the offenses in our life. God bless you, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.